0: We're, we're back live
1: here in studio, and uh, we should have Father
0: Luke McNamara on the phone. Father Luke, can you hear us? I can indeed. Um, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be with you.
1: Good morning, Father Luke. How are you?
0: Good morning, Patricia.
1: Great to be talking to you this morning. And uh, you're going to be telling us about some of the things that perhaps in a way we should be thinking about now in preparation for Christmas. I think you're going to talk to us first of all about Advent and what is Advent and what is the liturgy that's important around Advent and
0: Okay, well the, the, the term Advent is actually comes from it's it's a Latin word, um advenire, which it comes from the it's two words really. Venire is to come and ad is to. So it really means arrival are 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 coming. Um so the, we are in advent uh, expecting the coming of Christ. Now most people think of this as the coming of Christ at Christmas but in fact the first half of advent we're looking towards the coming of Christ at the end of time. And on the 17th of December the readings change there's a shift and we move from waiting and expecting the Christ who is to come at the end of time, to more immediately expecting the Christ who comes at Christmas.
1: And that's reflected, I think, in the change of um, even vestments at that time, that the colours are normally violet for the liturgy during Advent, and then we have Gaudete Sunday, the joyful Sunday, and the colours change so We are moving into a joyful uh, time. Father Luke, can you you go on? Yes, Yes, we can hear you. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, thank you. I was saying earlier, I think we need an exorcism in the studio (laughs) this morning.
0: (laughs) Uh, So um, you can hear us now, Father Luke, can you? I can indeed, Ah, yes. yes, That's great. Okay. Well, Advent is a a season of two halves. The first half, we look for the second coming of Christ at the end of time. And because Christ has not yet come, that waiting has not yet been satisfied, So we become attuned to expecting and waiting for the coming of Christ. And then when we turn in the second half of Advent to look forward to Christmas, because we have become trained in waiting for Christ, we can expect Christ anew and afresh with with a fresh vigor. And so Christ's coming can be experienced as a real coming um, each year. So that is the purpose of the training of Advent. And that is why we have this uh, careful countdown of the four Sundays towards Christmas. We have the Advent wreath to remind us of the countdown. We also have the custom of Advent calendars, counting down each day. And sometimes in those calendars, you have a line from the Gospel. And as you fill out, uh, as the calendar progresses towards Christmas, the story of Jesus becomes more clear. It's like the jigsaw. Um, being uncovered and then of course you have Christ coming tomorrow at the end of the calendar so that's that, that that's a wonderful um, scriptural calendar though more often now each day when you open it there's just a little bit of chocolate or something <laughs> but uh, but originally you would have had um, little scripture passages unfolding the mystery of Christ and then and then it being revealed at Christmas day so the We have actually a way of keeping our own calendar here in the monastery. We have every day, we have what's called an antiphon, which is kind of a refrain at the end of the Marian hymn, Every Day at Vespers. And in the final seven days before Christmas, we have very special antiphons called the O-antiphons. And in these antiphons, we welcome uh, Christ's coming at Christmas, And we we use certain titles to welcome him. And we call him O Sapientia, which is O Wisdom, O Adonai, which is O Lord, O Root of Jesse, O Key of David, O Dawn, or Dayspring, which is O Oriens, O King of the Nations, and O Emmanuel. Now, why are these titles important? Each one begins with a letter. And when you put them together, and read them backwards at the end, the final one, you get a Latin sentence, Ero crass, and this means, I will be tomorrow. So on the 23rd of December, the day before Christmas Eve, we have this kind of announcement, um, the, the, the antiphons, the secret to the antiphons is unlocked, that Christ will come tomorrow. And the last of the antiphons is, O oh, Emmanuel, God with us, so there's a very, uh, very uh, rich symbolism in all these titles, in each one, but the c- constellation or the, the collection of the titles uh, really uh, unfolds through the seven days, and then this joyous uh, singing of o Emmanuel, O God with us, which unlocks the whole secret uh, code of the of the of the antiphons. So it, it's quite interesting, really, that we have lots of numbers and anagrams within the Liturgy of Advent, which all point to the coming of Christ. And changing the subject slightly, can you talk a little bit about the history of the crib as we know it? Well, St. Francis established the first crib in a place called Greccio in Italy in 1223. Pets and their animals, isn't that correct? That's right. Yes. And in fact, um, there are two possible sources for, for, for this, two possible reasons for why he was inspired to create the first crib. And one is that there was devotional processions in, in Italian towns where they would go through the town and carry depictions of scenes of the life of Christ. So people would carry pictures, big pictures, of scenes from the life of Christ in these devotional processions. And that is one reason. And the other possible reason is that he went on pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 1219 to 1220, to visit the new Franciscan houses, and also to meet the Sultan in the middle of a crusade, bringing peace, hoping to bring peace between Christians and Muslims. But in, during that time he visited Bethlehem and he was there for the Feast of Christmas and he saw the, um, the great nativity, uh, reenactment of the nativity at Bethlehem and it is suspected that he wished for people everywhere in the world to have access to the reenactment of Christmas as they had it in Bethlehem. And so he developed a, a crib in Grecio. Now, this wasn't a crib like we know it. It was a living crib. There were real people and real animals in the crib. So they all processed out of the town of Gretzio, went up the hill to a cave, and they celebrated Midnight Mass with this real crib beside them. And during the Mass, uh, St. Francis was deacon, and he went to the to the manger, and he took the infant Jesus from the manger and woke him up at the moment of the Eucharist. And it's very appropriate, you know, that Jesus um, was in a feeding trough for animals. And, of course, yeah. he would become food, not only for animals, but for all of us. Yes. And therefore, um, at that moment, the, the infant was brought to the altar. Yeah, very rich in symbolism. Uh, Father look, just come back to your own story, you didn't exactly come to a religion straight off. You had a previous incarnation, I believe, had you? I did, yes. I started life as a as a, as a as a well. I went to medical school in UCD, and then I was um, a, a young doctor for a few years. And I entered here at twenty seven. So, um, so yes, that was my first career, and and I'm very glad to have had that career, even if it was short. And I did in very much uh, enjoy um, medicine, both uh, at an academic level. I really enjoyed. Um, discovering the illnesses and so on, but very much the interpersonal contact. I met some wonderful people, both colleagues and especially patients, who, in a sense, directed me in, towards the life I now live, because I saw some great examples of faith, both in some of my colleagues and also in the patients that I um, cared for.
1: And I believe you still have a sort of a caring responsibility toward the uh, Older members of the community now. Uh, yes I do
0: I, I I am part of what's called the infirmarian team here and I would help them particularly during lockdown when we hadn't any out, outside staff at course, all yes no nurses or anything I I had to you know I, I became pharmacist nurse healthcare assistant all wrapped into one. <laughs> yeah. So you still have your stethoscope be- and thermometer <laughs> then, have you? <laughs> yes, yes, it was a busy time, it was a busy time.
1: Yeah, yes. and tongue it up. Um, and also, you're a very busy person, as well as your uh, life in the community there. You travel out to Maynooth a couple of days a week, I think, to lecture. Is yes, that,
0: uh, I, I lecture in Sacred Scripture in, in Maynooth uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays, and I also do some online lecturing. Um, So I would teach some of the seminarians, but also lay students, Mm. also students um, who are doing their HDIP, going on to teach religion in secondary school, and also I would have postgraduate students as well. So I would have quite a constellation, and I also contribute to the Advent uh, series and the Lent series of talks that we have here at the Abbey every year, and also would run retreats regularly during the year. Most recently, we had a youth retreat um, back in October, uh, the 23rd, the day after the lifting of the restrictions, and we had 60 um, young adults here between the ages of 19 and 30, and we'll have our next one now on the 18th of February uh, to the 20th, that weekend, and we hope to have another good crowd at that. So so that, so that yes, uh, I do lead a busy life, um, mm-hmm. of course, though, you must keep Uh, time for prayer which is our central function and we pray in the church uh, five times a day together every day and that is really the the engine room of the monastery and which supports everything that we do and supports indeed the everything around us the community around us that is the the primary purpose of a monk is to be a person of prayer very good and will you get to meet family over christmas or is it the, the your monastic family uh, you, that you'll be celebrating christmas with oh yes we well we 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 celebrate with with our monastic family with, yes. with the with the community so um this has been my home for christmas um for every every year now for the last um the last 20 years or so so that's been the, that's been this has been where i've 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 made my home and This is my family in a way. And of course, I I would go and visit my family in the summer during the holidays. And also briefly, I would see them maybe sometime in January. Um, But uh, this is my family home. So Mm -hmm. um, this is where I would celebrate Christmas. And of course, Christmas is very important for us, as as indeed Easter. It is the, 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 you know, one of the three great feasts of the year, um, Easter, Pentecost, and Christmas. So um, it is important here and to celebrate and and to welcome the many people that will come to us on christmas eve for confession for example so we would have a, a fairly full afternoon with people coming so it, it is a busy time here too as well not just for ourselves but for the people that come
1: so i'd like to thank you father luke for taking the time to be with us this morning and to talk to us and what's more of Hopefully you've banished the gremlin. We've had a lovely clear line now for most of this chat, so thank you so much for taking the time, and I wish you a very happy Christmas from Tom and myself
0: and uh, everyone. And it's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Thank oh, you very much. And you. hopefully, when things get a bit more normal in 2022, we might get to meet you face to face sometime. So thanks thanks, take care. Yeah, and have a good God Christmas. Bless. Bye, God now. Bless. Bye, Bye
1: now. Bye. Bye.